The NBA is on TuneIn, streaming NBA games around the globe. It's time to bring you the confrontational front court of Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin. Oh, sends it home. This is Two Men Weave on the NBA on TuneIn. All right, this is the Two Man Weave. I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Kenyon Martin Hybrid. It's a fantastic day. I'm in New York City. I'm here with my man Kmart, NBA on TuneIn. How you feeling, my man? I'm good. I'm good, Mike. Man, I'm good. Man, how's the buzz around the city today? All right, I'm gonna tell you how the buzz is around the city. Okay, I've been waiting. To, 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 to get this off my chest. I woke up this morning, 6.46. I had my alarm clock set for 6.45. I saw all sorts of texts. And I'll be honest, I thought something had happened to Phil. Like something bad. You know, like personally. Yeah. Come to find out, which obviously, you know, as much as, you know, we criticize basketball, we, we, we don't want anything to happen to anybody personally. Not at all. Not Especially he's older, and you know, so. But that was my first thing because it was so. It was so early in the morning. I was like, you know, these kinds of transactions don't happen early in the morning. Uh, and then I put the pieces together. I brushed my teeth, and I realized that the new regime was going to come in. That 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 the party was over, and obviously uh, during the playoffs, uh, I brought out the iconic broom. In Cleveland, because I wanted to sweep it up and clean it up. The broom is out here in New York City because we're we're, we're sweeping it up. We're mopping the streets. We're, we, we got the dust busters. We got the vacuums. We got the sanitation department. We're going to clean this place up once and for all. James Dolan has finally stepped up and done the right thing. He had the opportunity to do this, Kenyon, the day after the Charles Oakley incident. Phil Jackson should have been the one talking to the press. He refused to. Dolan had to go out there and try to make nice. He's not good at that. He should have fired him that day. I'm your boss. You go talk to the press. You don't want to do that? Fine. Okay? Now, he should have fired him then. He could have fired him after the season. He could have fired him before the draft, but all things that, that, that were, were heading towards this inevitably happened, happened today, and it's a gorgeous day here in New York. Kenyon, it's a beautiful summer day, okay? It's not too hot, okay? It's not too cool. The sun is shining, but even me, I just have one layer of sunblock on. People are out in the streets as we speak. I'm watching them through the window, dancing strutting they're walking with a certain gait yeah they're smiling they're talking to each other it's a communal vibe here in new york city and my hope is that james dolan will hire a gm who has experience we will not dip into anything that has happened in the past i'm not naming names i'm not pointing (laughs) fingers okay i'm politically correct (laughs) <laughs> we will either hire this guy David Griffin or this guy from Toronto who I can't say his name correctly or somebody else who uh, I, I want to hear about him. I want to hear your thoughts on him in opinion in a second. But whoever we hire, Kenyon, I just want a guy who has ran a basketball team, has had some success, who also does not have a Twitter account. That is the first thing that needs to be checked. I don't want a GM or president of basketball operation who has a Twitter account, okay? I don't want them to have a Snapchat, a Facebook. If they have it on their own in private, that's their own, that's their own thing. I don't want them to be publicly tweeting. If you have a Twitter account or you're on Snapchat or you have a reputation for sliding up in the DMs, we are not considering even reading your job application. Okay, Kenyon? But James yes, Dolan, can he can right the ship now. Forget the past. I'm not going to sit here and talk about the things that have passed. There's no reason to do that. Nobody wants to all. sort of point fingers and have any regrets. But if he makes the right hire, lets them do their thing, we can move forward. And, and we can essentially just bring some stability, some respect, some integrity back to the Knicks. 
Are we winning a championship? No. But we, we should hire a GM who doesn't insist that the coach does a particular offense and, and runs the team in a respectable way. Because I was thinking about this today, Kenyon. You know, the booing and the angst that's going on with the Knicks. You know, last year, you know, we had, we had a bad season. You know, Knicks fans, New York fans in general, we could deal with adversity. But the way it's happened and the reason why it's happened the last few years has taken it to a new level. You know what I mean? With the sort of dysfunction. And, and, and you know, we, we, we talk about this, this word culture on sports shows. It's always brought up culture, culture. Essentially, a basketball team is, is a job. It's a workplace. You know, because people, you say this word culture, and it's like this foreign thing. It's like if you're working at a coffee shop or, 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 or a regular business or a plumbing store. If, if, if the workplace is crappy and it's, 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 it's not fun and people are talking about you behind your back and, and you know, people are eyeballing you, it's, it's not going to work. It's not going to be a fun place. It's not going to be a productive place. So we need to get the workplace of being a New York Nick fixed. And then the basketball stuff, you know, it's gonna take it's gonna take time. But the one thing Phil has done, and I don't know anything about French Frank, the New York Knicks first round draft pick. I don't know him from a can of paint. I don't even know what he looks like. But he has yeah, done good making draft picks. Carmelo is still a very potent scorer. Porzingis is Porzingis. And we have some guys that we could start <laughs> making a basketball team. But I think the culture and the workplace environment is what's most important. Kenyon, what did you think when you woke up and you, you heard about the, 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 the Phil Jackson thing, or did you hear it, about it last night? No, I heard about it today. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a little, uh, you know, I'm on the West Coast right now, but it's one of them things that, yeah, it was surprising. It was surprising after them just giving him an extension um, of two years. Um, yeah, I, I just think it was, it was one of those things where, they realized the nature of what was going on and Dolan made a decision. Um, I, my opinion, I think the draft was the story that broke the camel's back. You know, um, you got product after product after product here that's proven. And once again, Phil reaches. You know, he reaches for the kid out of France. Like I said, I don't know anything about him, never seen him play. Can't, he walk in my house and I probably wouldn't know who he is. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but no, yeah, just you one might of those give things, him twenty man. bucks for the pizza. Yeah, you, you, he, yeah, you might definitely. think he's the pizza guy. Yeah, but it's like it's just a, I, in my opinion, I think the draft was just the last straw, man. Um, to a long list of of decisions that Phil Jackson made as the president of of basketball operations for the New York Knicks, and and this was ultimately his um his demise. This is the two man weave. Uh, I, I I vented. Uh, as you can tell, my voice is a little uh, distorted. Um, we have Jordan Winter, J-Dub, show you love. What's uh, going on? It, it's an I Am Rapport Stereo podcast hybrid of sorts. We have Brian Scalabrini calling in here later on. He's better known as the White Mamba. Um, I want to get into the big three. Unfortunately, my main man, Kenny Martin, suffered a little bit of injury. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the big three. We're going to talk about Chris Paul. We're going to talk about the trades. I'm coming down. I had to get that off my chest. And I'm all right now, Kenyon. Uh, I'm okay. Yeah, yeah this, um, let's piggyback to the draft, though. Um, the guy that um, I, I can't pronounce it now. I don't even know his, his name. I don't want to keep Call him French him. Frank. Call him French Frank. Yeah. Okay, French Frank. Because um, just so you know, Kenyon, that's what we're calling him here in New York. My my thing is like you got the Dennis Smith kid sitting there, you got the um, you got Malik Monk sitting there, you know why not take one of those guys? Proven here, the commissioner wasn't even in the back good <clears throat> before Dallas made that pick with Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> <laughs> you know he wasn't even he wasn't even off the stage good. Mm. I I'll pick in. Hey Adam, hey listen Adam, I pick his in right now. Hey we ready? You know they didn't even use the full five minutes. Like they I, I bet they were shocked. Yeah, they were shocked that the Knicks didn't take either one of those guys. Jesus. You know, so, yeah, man, it's just, it's just these decisions, man. You got proven guys here that's proven that they can play. The proof is in the pudding, playing against some of the tougher competitions in, in the SEC and these other conferences that these ACC and the SEC here 
are two of the toughest college conferences there is. And you reach for a guy that, what, he averaged five points in a subpar league on a subpar team. Wait, you know, Kenyon, like, did, like did he average yes. five points? That's what I'm hearing, man. Like, it's something you're like gonna that. You're going to make me – I don't hey, want to do anything. Hey, hey J-Dub, your thing, brother. Uh, Please so look it up. Young. Please, I, Please look so it up. He's so young. He's so young. He has oh, God. not averaged <laughs> double figures. Oh, God. I mean, he led his, his French – team to the playoffs and that's what he did he, he led or the other guys he led or the other guys <laughs> led them to the playoffs let's not come on jordan don't do that now don't you don't don't we, you do that we need some shred of hope here as knicks fans and what, in kenyon hey, we're listen, dancing in the I streets over hope here is, hey, I, I don't know i don't know if you remember who i told you hope is who hope hope ran at the kentucky derby i heard i heard it was a horse at the kentucky derby Kenyon, when I said uh, these names of potential replacements for Phil, I said David Griffin, I said Michael Rappaport, and then I said Masai, how do you say his name? Masai Uri, Yes, I'm, I'm saying his yeah, name yeah, uh, in, in, uh, incorrectly, and it I don't mean matter. any disrespect. His first name is Masai. I call okay. him Masai. His first name is Masai. Okay, he what do you know? He was with me in Denver. Okay, so what do you know uh, about Griffin, and what what was your experience with Masai when you were playing in Denver? Um, I don't. Um, David Griffin is David Griffin. Um, the proof is in the pudding. Um, Cleveland, he has the championship bread, championship um, quality about him. Um, he helped bring some of those guys into Cleveland, along with the help of of um, LeBron James. But David Griffin was the GM. Um, he did that. He got the job done. Um, and Masai, uh, he didn't really do a. He did some things when I was in Denver. I guess he orchestrated the mellow trade, if you want to say that. Um, leaving Denver, um, I don't know, but my experience with Masai wasn't uh, my exit and things that I were told wasn't accurate. So my my relationship personally might get in the way of this. You know what I'm saying? So I I, I would tend to shy away from from giving my opinion about. Um, about Masai in this situation. But if he's up for the job, they obviously think he's qualified for it. Um, he did a good job bringing some of those guys into Toronto. Um, the surge deal, signing for um, P.J. Tucker, trade for P.J. Tucker and um, bringing DeRozan back and things like that. He's done his job, you know what I'm saying? So if he's up for the job in New York, they must think he's capable and, and we'll see who they decide to bring in. If If you were James Dolan right now, you know, and and based on the guys that you know personally on the Knicks, the guys that you you played against. I mean, you could get vibes, you you, you know, and the guys, the younger guys, which obviously the Porzingis and these, you know, Willie Hernan Gomez, who who's a good player. I don't think he's ever going to be like a great, great, great player, but he's a good, tall player. And everything you know about this Knicks team, if James Dolan was was reaching out to you, Kenyon. What would you say the next move is? Like, what would be the advice you would give him from all the experience? And and, and do it for me. All the experience, uh, all the knowledge that you have of players' temperaments, um, the history of New York. You played on the last Knicks team that made the playoffs. You, you, you know what the crowd is like. You understand the environment, and you understand the NBA. You understand NBA players' personalities. If he was going to say Kenyon, what should I do? Not necessarily who should I hire, but what kind of guy? Like, what do you think the next thing is that Dolan should do? You have a guy like Allen Houston that's been on the on the payroll, on the staff, and in the front office for years. You know, so why not give him a shot? You know, okay. or follow in the footsteps of a of a Magic Johnson in Los Angeles Lakers for hiring an agent, um, a guy who you guys respect that's been around the game, been around the league, and. And can get free agents there. Knows the post. Knows the salary cap. Knows what you guys need. Or you, or you go hire them just a, a a fresh, fresh face. I'm saying from where no one knows. You know, what I'm saying uh, that that knows the um, the business of basketball. Uh, first time GM, like how Cleveland reached out to Chauncey. You know, what I'm saying somebody former player who you guys respect, a Mark Jackson, sort of speak. You know, what I'm saying mm-hmm. somebody like that. Somebody who's well respected around the new um, the Knicks organization and. The, and the NBA, you know what I'm saying? But it's 
I'm saying, but you never know in these situations who they might reach out to. They might just keep steal me, um, Steve Mills on. Nope. But you never know. Nope. Nope. Kenyon. Nope. Oh, hey, hey, listen. Hey, I'm with you because he's part it can't of. It can happen, Kenyon. There. Like he's been it, it, there and he's he was on the field. Um, this, that, and the third. But like, like Steve is a solid dude. Like Steve is a solid dude. I like him as a person, but um, I just think he let Phil come in and. And it just gave him the keys to the card. I, I don't think he gave his input enough to keep that team where it needed to be. I think, you know. So I agree. My opinion. No, no, I, I agree. I agree with you. You know, but 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 you know, as far as anybody from the past, it's been so tainted. We we need to a fresh face. You know, someone who's about their business, someone who has something to prove, and and and, and someone who's legitimate. You know, I, let me ask you this. Do you think Jeff Hornacek should be looking over his shoulder? Because whether we hire Griffin, Masai, Joe Schmo, Allen Houston, do you think that they're going to want to start fresh with a coach? Or do you think that Hornacek, and we've talked about it a lot in in the past, he he was neutered in a sense because last year Phil Jackson was quasi-coaching the team. Do you think that will carry over and we need to start fresh? I've never met Jeff Hornacek. I've never played under him, so I don't know his temperament on the bench or in the locker room. Um, I didn't like the hire when they hired him, but it was Phil's guy, like you said. It was Phil's hand-picked guy, just like Derek Fisher was, So and just like they, they made the decision to fire Mike Woodson. You know, so with that said, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I would like to see a fresh start all around the board. I would like to see them go – to Porzingis, keep mellow, go to those guys, ask them what they think, and make a decision based on that. You know, because right. Porzingis is the future of the Knicks, so to speak. <laughs> when we were in <laughs> Cleveland, and then when we were in Golden State, and Michael decreed that there had to be a referendum on saying the names Michael Jordan and LeBron James in the same sentence within an hour. Now, the same thing is being said for the shape, the triangle. No one is allowed to say no, triangle. there's no triangles in New York anymore. There's yeah. no triangles. And we're taking it out of the public school system. You got to teach your kids that triangle and, and rectangle and square at home. We yeah, don't discuss you, that term. We don't, we, we don't hit the, 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 the triangle in, the, in, the, uh, in music class. It's over. There's no more discussion of anything that has to do with the triangle. We're not even going to call trigonometry trigonometry because it sounds too much like triangle. You look yeah, at the Knicks roster. Thing to with the Knicks roster right now, they have some young pieces that seem to mesh well together. And, you know, they've got some pieces that if they wanted to make some moves, they've got some some guys who could help out other teams. I mean, of course, with you know the way that the league's going right now, with the super teamification of the NBA, I don't know how many of these potential contenders would want, say, you know, a two-way player like Courtney Lee, who has made the playoffs every single season except for last season when he went to the Knicks. So, you know, a guy like that. And then you look, you look at other pieces that they have. I mean, everyone wants to talk about. Porzingis, but Willie Hernan Gomez was a great fit last year. I don't really think that they should bring back Derrick Rose. I think that's you know water under the yeah. bridge. There's rumors right now that uh, that they're interested in Jeff Teague. Who knows if Jeff Teague would be interested in coming to the Knicks? It's just you know this is this is the type of moral victories that us as Knicks fans have to live off of for right now. We're we're celebrating the fact that that a, a person in the front office was you know is is gone that that's where we're at that's where and and it, we we had the headlines for about four hours until the chris paul news broke so yeah. you know now we got to focus on what's going on on the floor make the garden eat it again because you know this this is just not going to cut it in in new york city Two-Man Weave continues after this on the NBA on TuneIn. 
festival season is here and TuneIn is gearing up to keep fans connected to the best music festivals of 2017 with the launch of the TuneIn Festival VIP series. The series will showcase custom radio stations, live stream broadcasts, and exclusive on-demand content featuring performing artists from the best festivals all season long. Whether you're getting hyped to attend a festival or want to check out live music without the crowds, we've created a channel that will host all the best festival content in one place. Hear everything on your mobile device or in your connected home. Throughout the summer, we'll be bringing you live music from Firefly Music Fest, June 15th through the 18th, powered by the 2017 Toyota Prius. Newport Folk Festival, July 28th through the 30th, presented by Francis Ford Coppola Winery. Outside Lands Music and Arts Festival, August 11th through the 13th. Brought to you by Gildan. And maybe you'll find a few more surprises along the way. Music fans, rejoice. The best live music is all right here, right now, on TuneIn, your everything audio app. Check it out. We're back. You're listening to the confrontational front court of Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin. It's Two Man Weave on the NBA on TuneIn. All right, we're back. This is the Two Man Weave, NBA on TuneIn. I am Rapport Hybrid, Kenyon Martin, myself, J-Dub, show you love. We got Brian Scalabrini calling in. Kenyon, I need you, I need you to break this <clears throat> down to me because I'm just a fan. I know by doing this show, NBA on TuneIn, I'm essentially media, but... My blood, sweat, tears will always be a fan. Chris Paul got traded to the Houston Rockets. And I'm disgusted by what I'm hearing afterwards. They said that Chris Paul and James Harden were determined to play with each other. Okay, First of all, that doesn't sound uh, right. Something sounds off there. But <laughs> what, what, what I need to, what I need you to explain to me from a basketball business side is this: this super teamification of the NBA. The, the, these teams are being built on personal relationships between the players. So Chris Paul and James Harden know each other. They're cool with each other. They're determined to play with each other. LeBron James. Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, they're cool with each other. They're friendly with each other. They get together. They go to dinner. They create the Miami Heatles. I, I, as a fan, this, this has to stop, Kenyon. It has to stop because if you're not part of the cool kids clique, you're, you're going to be not on a dope team. So can you explain to me what has happened now it's a two it's a two a double edged sword because you know some people be like well let the players determine you know their 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 uh, where they're gonna go they should have a say and then the other part is like yo I'm a fan you know if you if you you know you either want these guys to be able to have a say or you want a good brand of basketball throughout the league and not just this friends and family AAU banana boat. You know, we hang out in the summer and work out with our shirts off, and now we're going to get on the same team crap. Why are players having the leeway to team up against other teams? Do you understand what I'm saying? I Like, what changed? The levees broke, and at my point, it's flooding, and it needs to be stopped. Well, Mike, it, it just didn't start now. It's been going on, man. It's, it's guys follow that, um, guys are chasing their ring. You know, that's what it is. And, and in order to guys feel in order to compete now, you have to stack the deck, so to speak. You know, so CP going to the Rockets, I guess they feel they have a, a better chance with him on the roster of of dethroning the Golden State Warriors. But you're going to need a little more. Um, you still got to play defense. You know, you still got to mesh. Those guys have been playing together for and then years now then adding, and then adding Kevin Durant to that um, equation stack the deck even more but but guys got to realize that well people have to realize that the team that people are trying to implement like trying to be like those guys were drafted there you know right. so you know those guys were drafted there so and then adding Kevin Durant to that equation has 
has made teams go back to the drawing board and in order what they feel they need to do to be successful in order to compete for a championship, they have to stack the deck. And that's what they're doing. You know, so we'll see. But I, in a basketball sense, I don't – I hope it works. I don't see how. Um, Chris Paul is a dominant ball um, handler, and so is James Harden at this point in his career. You know, so who's going to – who's willing to get up off of the ball is what I want to know. You know, so, so we shall for, see. <clears throat> for those who are unaware, for those who have been working hard today, under a rock, off of social media, off the internet, the blockbuster trade of the day, Chris Paul, all-star, all-world, has been traded from the Los Angeles Clippers. Just a few days ago, he opted out of his contract, and it was assumed that he was going to re-sign with the Clippers for an astronomical $200 million fee. Now, it may or may not be a sign-and-trade. It hasn't been determined as of yet, but most likely he will be signed by the Clippers and then traded to the Rockets. The trade is Chris Paul for Patrick Beverly, Sam Decker, Lou Williams, and a 2018 first-round pick. So that's quite the haul for the Los Angeles Clippers for a guy who was going to leave anyway. How do you feel that the Clippers stack up right now going forward? I mean, everyone thought that Chris Paul was the guy. You had said in previous episodes, Kenyon, that you would let Blake Griffin walk. How do you think the Clippers are going to do now? Because to me, the Rockets... They had that three seed secured. I'm not really sure if they're going to be done. I know that they're clearing out as much cap space as possible. There's a couple of free agents we'll get into. But where do you see these two teams stacking up? Because we're talking about right now the number three and the number four seed in the Western Conference in this past season. Yeah, I just don't – whatever the moves are being made, I just don't think it's enough. Um, It's not enough to compete with unless you add a – excuse me. Unless the Rockets go out and add a, a Paul George to that equation or a Carmelo Anthony and, and everybody's willing to take a back seat and get off of that ball a little more, then, yeah, maybe you have a chance. But then it comes down to you still have to play defense. You know, so you can do all these moves and all of this, but Golden State is not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, so we all know that. So that's uh, uh, Whatever moves are being made by the Clippers, I just don't think it's enough right now. So like you said, they have pieces and they have – the things they still need to work on, like re-signing Blake, and if they're going to do that, then J.J. Reddick's a free agent, that, so are they going to re-sign him? Um, other people on the roster said, what they're going to do with DeAndre? There was talks that there were trade rumors about DeAndre Jordan out there. You know, so what are they going to do uh, moving forward? But is it enough for, t- to win a championship this coming up season? It seems like opinion, the Clippers, they're blowing it up. They're blowing it up, finally. The Clippers are blowing it up. The Rockets, how do you feel? Chris Paul and James Harden, you you started to touch on in a little bit. James Harden had the best season of his career playing like Chris Paul. Can this work? How do you see it working? I mean, Chris Paul seems to have lost a step on defense. James Harden, you know, maybe he's a little bit better on defense than than he had been the doormat in the past. I mean, can these two play together? And especially with a depleted roster. The Rockets last year, guys like Eric Gordon and Ryan Anderson had career years, but... They played the most most games they've ever had. Both guys are injury prone. I don't know if I like this move for the Rockets. I mean, they're one injury away from from just plummeting in the West. Yeah, yeah, they have to make some moves as well. I'm saying they have to add some pieces to that to help them as well. Um, like you say, it's just one of those things. Like, who is who is going to be willing to get off of the ball out of James Harden and Chris Paul? You know, Jane, like you said, James had a hell of a year. Led the league in assists, averaged 28, 29 points a game. You know, that's hard to do. Because but but he had the <clears throat> he had the ball in his hand 43-44% of the time. Right. You know, him and CP, I think, was one and two in the league in that category. You know what I'm saying? So that's you know, so who's gonna be willing to get off of the rock? Kenyon, are these teams being made up by what I was saying earlier, by the cool kids? And, you know, and, and when I mean that, I mean by, like, just relationships. 
You know, like obviously LeBron and D Wade had a relationship. You know, uh, you know everybody's talking about Carmelo and you know and his relationships. And will the NBA at some point have to intervene and be like, you, "We're giving you guys too much control, and it's screwing up the balance of of of, of the competition in the league." No, I I don't know. I don't I don't think so. It's just forcing guys to. Like I said, I, I I'm gonna go back to. Is is forcing ownership and management and all these people to do their jobs, right? You know, I, I'm I, I'm just going back to that. It's, it's on these owners to open up their checkbooks and willing to pay guys a little more to to, to, to keep them where they are and to or bring other guys in. But everybody's going to have to do it. You know, it just can't be with this team or that team. Is I'm saying we're all doing it. You know, so it's forcing guys to get better. It's forcing GMs to go out and draft right and hold on to their guys and make those guys develop and find a product that that doesn't average five points overseas. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's forcing these guys to do their job. We didn't talk about the, uh, the NBA awards, which I watched the next day after I watched the broadcast of the big three. Uh, the big three uh, games were outstanding and exciting. Um, I watched them uh, on Fox Sports 1, and they're going to be playing again on Fox Sports 1 this Monday. And the games are going to be in Charlotte. Any listeners out there in the Charlotte, the DMV area, we're going to be down there. People are going to be balling. It's going to be fun. It's a good show. I'm doing the sideline reporting. Um, Russell Westbrook was named the MVP of the NBA season. Two and a half months. Finally, finally, two and a half months, two hours and nine minutes later, they finally gave him the award. Uh, my problem with that award show, as I've been saying all along, was the final statement of the 2017 basketball season was who is going to win the regular season award. I love Russell Westbrook as much as anybody else. Nothing but good things to say about him. The way he plays, his speech was beautiful. It was genuine. It was uh, uh, it was real. It was heartfelt. But the fact that the closing statement on the season is the winner of the regular season MVP, in my opinion, it's distorted. There was so much hype. There was so much buildup to have essentially an Oscar-like show or an Emmy-like show. And there's really no mention of the finals champions or the finals MVP. And I think things are backwards. I think I think it really is a backwards message to send to the fans, to send to the players, and to send to kids that the closing statement of the season is who won the regular season MVP, which is an incredible accomplishment. Obviously what Russell did, what, what Kawhi did, what LeBron did, what Harden did – can't take it away, but to have yeah. it come so much after the fact, I think it's just distorted. I think it's emphasizing the wrong thing. I think, I, and I think they need to figure out a way to celebrate this and to celebrate the rookie of the year and to celebrate the comeback player of the year and to celebrate the most improved player and the coach of the year and all these things. Anything that has to do with the regular season has to be resolved and done right after the regular season. I, I just, to me, as a fan. It's just a distorted perception that that's the final thing. Who is the regular season MVP? And and obviously, you know, I, I my my quick thing is to say who cares. Obviously, it means something. But after the finals, and after your team's been eliminated, who cares? Yeah. You know who really cares? So after I'm sure you watched the big three games, Kenyon. Uh, yes, did you sir. take a look at the NBA <clears throat> awards? No, I did not. No, I did not. I saw that Russ won. Um, I saw the Draymond won Defensive Player of the Year. Giannis won uh, Most Improved. Um, yep. His teammate Brogdon won Rookie of the Year. You know, so um, yeah, that's all I needed to see. Right. Um, I saw that. I didn't have to sit there for two hours and watch the show. Um, right. I I heard Drake was good. That yep. was fine. Um, he did a I could good always job. Watch this, I could always watch the skits on YouTube or World Star or wherever I decide to go to get the content from. Um, 
Yeah, so it, I didn't have to sit there for two hours on my day, and I, I would rather watch the big three. Yeah, I mean, uh, I agree. I mean, I think it was a good show by the NBA. I was worn out. I watched it on tape delay um, after watching the big three games. Um, this is the NBA on TuneIn. I got my main man, Kmart, Kenyon Martin. We have a phone call. Who's on the line, Miles? Carlos, what's really good? Carlos. Hello, yo, Carlos. Yo, yo, yo. How you doing? How you guys doing? All right, what's up, boss? You on, you on the mic with Mike. All right. Now, now you guys are talking about how the NBA awards were too far past the season. Now, let's say if they push it up, let's say uh, probably about two weeks, maybe after the finals. What do you think? What do you think? What, what do you think? How do you think that position right there would be? You think it would still be boring or what? And this happened um, right after the season. Uh, yeah, I think they they, they like could ex- there's no like I, I just don't feel the need for a show. You know, just give the like I understand they want the guys to feel appreciated and family and friends this that and that. I get it, but if you're going to do it, you got a week before the playoffs start. After the last game, you you start the playoffs seven days after the fact. Teams have time to prepare if you're in the playoffs, and you put this thing together all season long to make sure that you have the date locked in and everything is in place. So I just think we all know watching the NBA season, who is going to be up for the award? Who is going to be up for defensive player of the year? Who got better? What rookie played the best? It doesn't take two and a half months in order for everybody to sit around in order to do that. You know, I I just think you you put the votes in and you get it done the fourth day after the season and Teams still have the three days or whatnot to get prepared to play for the playoffs or whatnot. So let's just move it up a little bit. I agree. I agree. And and you know what? Uh, not everybody even showed up for this. You know, not all the players were there. So if they're worried about that, that's just the, the nature of it, man. I, I just, again, I hate to be the dead horse. I just think it gives a distorted uh, importance on what, what what's really good. And it's not to take away anything that the guys that were nominated and the LeBrons, all four of the guys that were sort of should have been up for MVP, including LeBron, who crazy enough wasn't. It doesn't take it away uh, for me to say that I, I want to find out about the regular season before we get into the playoffs, uh, because I, I just don't, I just don't think it's the, I don't think it's the right thing to emphasize after you figured out. Who won the finals MVP, which seems like an award that is just sort of like brushed under the rug. You know, Andre Iguodala won that award a couple of years ago. Obviously, LeBron won it last year and KD won it this year. And it seems like that award is like on a side note. You know, the person who got busy, the person who led their team to the finals, that's really the award to me that has the most value. But what do I know? I'm just a crazy fan. You're listening to the NBA on TuneIn. It's Two Man Weave. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. Baseball fans, MLB on TuneIn Live is now MLB at the plate. That's right, we've got a new name, but the show that takes you from game to game in real time remains the same. Listen live as we bring you into the biggest moments of the night as they happen with live listen-ins from around Major League Baseball. Plus, between pitches, we'll go beyond the diamond with interviews, guest appearances, and analysis of the biggest news in baseball. Catch our show with its new name, MLB at the Plate, live every weeknight from 7 to midnight Eastern, only on TuneIn. Get your popcorn ready. You're listening to Two Man Weave on the NBA on TuneIn. All right, we're back. <clears throat> Two Man Weave, NBA on TuneIn. Kenyon Martin, Michael Rappaport. We got my man Jordan Winter, producer extraordinaire. Uh, half of the uh, worldwide famous producing team, the Dust Brothers. Uh, he's in here with us. <laughs> we have uh, Brian Scalabrini calling in in about 15 minutes. Talk to him about the big three. Talk to him about what he knows about Boston. Uh, the Celtics yeah, want... are trying to, they're trying to make power moves. Yeah. Um, and, and, and talk to him uh, about uh, you know living in the shadow of Michael Rappaport. Um, before we get to Let's Scal- talk about the Sacramento Kings. Okay. It's the first you time say? you've heard that, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, ever. First I like their ever draft. Let's talk- Listen, I was hey 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 um. Just yeah, man. Um, Darren Fox, Justin Jackson, Harry Giles, and Frank Mason Jr. 
I like that. But what yeah. this says a lot about college basketball and the NBA, man. Frank Mason Jr. put a lot of work in, man. He's a stud. He can play, flat out play. And he's picked in the second round. And he's picked in the second round, man. Like Absolutely. This, like this is absolutely insane to me, man. Like, but I like Sacramento's draft. I like what they did. You add some veterans to that squad and some of the talent they already have. I like that. I'm, I'm saying Buddy is still there, right? Buddy Hill is there. Yep. Right? So, yep. hey, I like they got a young team, man. Um, who's their coach again? Um, do they have one? Um, is this? Um, yes. <laughs> yes, they have uh, Dave, Dave Yeager, formerly of the Memphis okay. Grizzlies. I, I forgot. I forgot Yeager was there. I like that. I like him there. He's young, energetic. Uh, he, they're going to play hard. They're going to defend. I like that. They're they uh, going to get better. De'Aaron Fox wanted to go to the Kings. He was he he actually made a post when he worked out for the Kings that he took down that he was so excited to be working out for the Kings. I mean, those are the ways that you can build a super team in the NBA. You either have to do it through the free agency trade market, you know, banana boat, you know what, or the draft. And you know what that's about too, right? What's it about? That he gets to play against Lonzo Ball four times a year. <sighs> yes. <laughs> oh, he's gonna relish in that. I mean, it's it's you know it's saying? really it's. I mean, and the Lakers too. They've vastly improved. That yeah, that did. roster that roster is looking good. I mean, that it's very interesting to me the way that the NBA is going right now. I mean. There's teams that next year, you know, they're going to have big jumps and improvement. There's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be circling the drain. But you look at teams that are going to be fun to watch, the league pass type of teams. You know, people are going to like to watch the Sixers. People are going to want to watch the Trailblazers. They're going to want to watch the Nuggets. Something that we haven't touched upon yet is the Minnesota Timberwolves and the trade yeah, that no. they made on draft yeah, night for Jimmy yeah. Butler. Their big three, you get you reunite Tom Thibodeau, Jimmy Butler, you got that Jimmy Butler, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns. So, guys, I, I want to play a game with you right now because it's, it's something that's been very painfully obvious to me uh, in this season. Just by looking at the draft, there's really not that many players. I mean, there's a lot of talent, a lot of young talent in the draft, but not a lot of these guys are going to make big-time impacts in this upcoming season that's going to really affect the playoff race. Yeah, maybe Jason Tatum is going to end up being someone who can affect things for a Boston team that, that was competing for the Eastern Conference Championship. But, you know, let's brace for the t- super team storm. And let's try to look into the crystal ball a little bit. You know, guys like, let's say, Paul George. If you're Paul George, Kenyon, Michael... Where would you like to be playing? Because rumor has it right now out of Boston, they're offering two first-round picks and a and Jay Crowder for a one-year rental of Paul George. Is that is that worth it? Because you know he wants to go to the Lakers. Yeah, I don't think uh, so, man. Because you're not winning a championship next year if you have Paul George. I agree. Uh, you know, and this this idea of a one-year rental, uh, if you have any integrity. Especially if you're Paul George and 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 you're in the prime of your career, and uh, you know you're making a change after after spending a long time in Indiana, I'd want to go to a, a team that I, I want to stay with for a long time. You know, this rental, this one and done. Th- those are for guys, you know, in in the later part of their careers. You don't go to Boston uh, with really. There's no guarantee that you're even going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, um, anything can happen, man. You can go out there and get hurt. Injuries are part of sports, man. Like I, I wouldn't do it if I was in. Uh, yeah, and, and 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 like Kenny, don't you agree? Like making a decision like that is not for the right reasons. Like I think yeah, this definitely. this whole thing with this ring chasing and you ain't crap if you don't have a ring. And listening to Shaquille, you know, son Charles Barkley, every single week on the TNT show because he doesn't have rings and you, you're you not crap if you don't have rings. It, it, it's, it's, it's putting out a bad thing out there. It's putting out a bad mojo that if you don't have a championship ring, your career means squat. And, and, and I think that's why guys are freaking out and ganging up and teaming up 
to, to have this buddy-buddy stuff so we could get the ring immediately. You know, what about the struggle? What about the perseverance? What about, you know, the, 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 the process of getting there, uh, uh, you know, and going through the hardship? Uh, this whole thing, like we're going to skip all that. It, it hasn't worked yet. It didn't even work for the Miami Heat. You know, they, they won, but they didn't win it the first year. And, and that team, that first year, they were sick. You know, but they yeah. didn't get it the first year. I mean, even they had to go through, you know, getting their their, their butts handed to them uh, and come back. And, and that team was built for a championship. And I just think the climate in this NBA, it, it's, it's making me nervous, man. It's making me nervous as a fan. And, and I really hope, uh, 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 you know, I, I don't have any analytics. I don't have any business knowledge, but... You know, it's just a couple of weeks ago that we watched the Cleveland Cavaliers tiptoe all the way through the Eastern Conference Finals, and everybody was complaining that the playoffs stunk and that the Western Conference Finals stunk and that, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, and that the Western Conference playoffs stunk. And, 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 and you know, we just forget about that. And the league, in my opinion, needs to do something to, to make sure that, you know, the smaller markets and the smaller teams, and that we have a competitive NBA basketball league. You know, this isn't this isn't a family vacation. Yeah, I'm so with you, off brother. the jump, off the jump, guys. So let's look at the top, the cream of the crop right now. Obviously, the four guys on Golden State who, if they can keep intact and get paid, you know, Kevin Durant says he's going to wait to see what everyone does. Steph Curry has definitely earned his money. There's no doubt about that. They got to worry about Andre Iguodala, who is sought after by a lot of teams, as he should be. Also, Sean Livingston going to make his money. For the casual fan, I think they're going to be alarmed by how much money the even the mediocre players in the league are about to be making. Solomon Hill making, you know... Ten, what, what was his contract last year? Four years, $60 million. That's nothing compared to what's coming. So here are the players that I want to throw out to you guys. And honestly, there's only about, you know, let's say six to eight players that whether they're starters or coming off the bench or even six to eight teams that I, like personally as a diehard NBA fan that I think, and I want to know, do you think that they're even difference makers? So Kyle Lowry. If Kyle Lowry leaves Toronto, where is he going? The thing is, there's t- two teams that are in these, one's in the East, one's in the West. Let's say Toronto, because they've always been there, right on the cusp. And how about the San Antonio Spurs? They're yeah, right there. The Do you think well, the Clippers? So, <laughs> San Antonio, Pau Gasol, he just. Restructured, restructured his contract. Let me name you some players. Do you think any of these players can push the Warriors to the brink? We've got Kyle San Lowry. Antonio, you speaking? Yes, San Antonio. Okay. Because okay. if if Kyle Lowry leaves Toronto, I mean that team's been, you know they they they've had their shot. So let's say Kyle Lowry, Blake Griffin, Gordon Hayward, Paul Millsap. Serge Ibaka, if San Antonio signed any of those players, can they beat the Warriors? No. The other team. <laughs> you just took the breath out of Jordan. It's t- It's scary. I'm scared as an NBA fan. Yeah. Because those are marquee players. Those are all all-star players. What, what about the fact that the Warriors lost that uh, first game to San Antonio uh, we're losing that first game to San Antonio, so and then the Kawhi Leonard factor. Um, you know, we're forgetting that that series could have been, you know, a, a different series. Not that I ever would have think that San Antonio would beat them, but they were definitely game one. And and again, it was a blowout in game one. It happens. Um, and then the injury and the the, the Jaja Pachulia uh, incident with Kawhi's ankle. Um, you know, I mean, I think San Antonio is still competitive, but I agree with Kenyon. I don't think you, you're going to need more than that to beat Golden State. And on the other side of the coin, how about let's look at trying to keep the competitive balance in the East. It, are, do any of those players, if at all possible, and we can even throw Paul George into the mix, if they go to Cleveland or if they go to Boston, can either of those teams beat Golden State in a seven-game series? Yeah, I just everybody. I 
I would like to see everybody send Paul George to Cleveland, Melo to Cleveland. Like, like what about Washington out there? Like, I like yep. Washington. I like I like John Wall and Bradley Beal and the young guys that they have. And, you know, you add – so you add um, Paul George to that equation or Carmelo Anthony to that equation. Do they jump Cleveland as the best team in the East? And, and then do they push – um, Golden State. You so there's a lot of ifs, you know what I'm saying. But for those guys t- to join Cleveland, yeah, I, I think it'll be more challenging for the Golden State Warriors moving forward because you have guys that know how to play. You add another wing guy and a Paul George that can. He's a two way player, so he that's a guy that you can throw on Kevin Durant. But if you make that move, then who else do you have on the roster if you're Cleveland? You know, so it's yes. a lot of ifs out there. If you do make these moves, then what other pieces do you have to go with those two or three superstars? That's key. So let's let's play uh, what should the Washington Wizards do because right now they have a choice to make with restricted free agent Otto Porter Jr., who had a breakout year last year and seems to be a big part of what they do. I agree. To me, Washington is right there. I think Toronto's about to take a nosedive. They've got too many free agents. They're not going to be able to keep them all. Washington looked great. I think they need a little bit more depth. But let's if they, they are able to match for Otto Porter Jr. and are able to get someone, then yes, they, they absolutely can be right there. So what would you do if you were the Washington Wizards? Do you like Otto Porter for that team? Yeah, I do. I think you keep him because he spares the floor. Um, I think you definitely try to resign him, and you go try and you go out and try to convince a, a Carmelo Anthony to join you, and you give up whether it's a trade or whatnot. I think you give up the Morris kid and and the Ubre kid, and and you make that done. I'm mean, so you make that deal. Um, I think you add those pieces, and you have some other pieces on the bench that, that I think can, they can compete because they can put the ball in the basket. They're going to compete on the defensive end with Scott Brooks. All right. This is a fantastic game. It's going to get even more fantastic. The two-man weave is actually going to become a three-man weave. Um, One of my favorite players, personalities, and just a good, good, fun, smart dude, veteran, champion. He's known as the White Mamba. Brian Scalabrini. Is joining the two-man weave. It's now officially a three-man weave. Scal, are you on the line? What is it? What exactly is a two-man weave? There's no okay. such thing as a two-man weave. Can oh, yeah, it is. See, yeah, yeah. Being, There's being a two-man weave Scal. when it's me and Kenyon Martin, <laughs> but now it's a three-man weave because I have two wings. Now I, we have to do sort of a, a pitch and pop thing. But Scal, you're here. Pitch, pick, pick and pop. <laughs> Pick and pop. I got a couple Pick of questions pop. for you, Scout. Uh, we, right. we don't have you for a long time. You're in demand. Uh, you're a worldwide phenomenon. You're known as the White Mamba. Why they haven't made uh, your own shoe is beyond me. I'm going to call your agent and talk to them. They need to get on that right away. My first question before we get into the Phil Jackson and, and, and the Boston Celtics of it all is what was your takeaway from the very, very successful first week of the Big Three How's your body healing? And what, what what did you take away from it? Did you have a good time? I mean, your team took a loss. Um, I think you should become the 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 co the co coach with the great Hall of Famer Rick Barry. Um, you know, did you have a ball out there? Yeah, no, it was fun. It was fun playing and competing on that level. Um, I will say this: the people who put the event on was this Ice Cube, Jeff. Like that event was was big time for a first time coming out in Brooklyn. I mean, they hit the home run. It was it was a fantastic atmosphere. Um, how do you feel? Like I, I I know you know everybody. Even you know you guys stay in shape and you play, but then you know when you get out there and you're playing with your peers and you're playing at a different level. Like you know, did you, did you feel sore the next day or are you good to go? No, I was uh, I was a little banged up. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, but uh, I've been getting my treatment. You know, seeing people to you know to get back and you know you realize. You can play in the in the rec leagues or the YMCA, or you can even play five on five. I think that three on three half court is much more physical than people 
I imagine. Like I, I just I didn't I didn't realize how physical it was going to be, and it, it was it was it was tough out there. But uh, <laughs> no man, head down, grinding it out, getting ready for uh, next week. Yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, I, I I loved watching you guys compete. Uh, at one point uh, during the game, you Brian Scalabrini somehow dreams come true, and you're matched up guarding one on one Allen Iverson. Now, now, what was that like? AI, I, I, I think you know he didn't have his best game. You know, he shot like one for eleven, which in in in, in AI in his MVP year, one for eleven is like a day in the park. You know, I don't know why people were like questioning him having a bad shooting game. Even at his best, he would shoot his way in and shoot his way out of his game. And I expect him to come back and, and, and you know, with the answers. Uh, what, what was that? What was that like for you? And and what did what did you take away from me as a sideline reporter? It's a twofold question. Well, okay. So the first thing is like Garden AI. Yeah, I was I was trying not to get dropped. Um, he can get to the basket. <laughs> I just feel like AI is going to be really good. Like as the, as this thing goes along, week week four, five, six, seven, all the way to ten. I think he's just going to continue to get better. Um, and as far as you, you need to pick up your dress attire, man. You can't be wearing no button down plaid shirt on the sideline like that, Mike. Come on, I like, love put this on guy. a flannel. Like you got to do something a little bit better than that. The, I, I mean, me. I'm not trying to get on you because you're my guy and everything like that. But I thought you really underperformed as far as like it, maybe you could wear that in Tulsa. <laughs> But in Brooklyn, man, I mean, what's the deal? <laughs> yo, yo, Scout, let me tell you something. I know you're from, I know you're from Seattle, but the grunge no, scene is done. I wear done. stuff in Seattle. You ain't, you ain't from Seattle, and you no, ain't no. in Seattle. You're no, but my man, my shirt was custom, first of all. It's a custom shirt from Antos and Beverly Hills. Go see them, because I don't see you winning any fashion awards myself, uh, no, my I'm, friend. And I'm not trying to okay. do that, Mike, but I ain't trying to be a sideline reporter either, man. Like, if you're okay. a sideline reporter, you got to bring it. I just okay. don't understand no. how Tell him, Scout. I just don't okay. understand how the button down was what you want. I think you couldn't wear a sport coat with a cool shirt underneath it. You can wear Listen. the I Am Rappaport podcast shirt and a sport coat. That would have been better. Wear the, the Garden Eden shirt. Like, wear something to promote yourself, not some button down from Beverly Hills. Scout, you played in a professional three-on-three <laughs> game in a sold-out arena in Barclays. You had a freaking cat suit on, and you're talking to me about a custom shirt that I got in Beverly Hills. You got big basketballs to talk to me that way. You got big basketballs talking to me that way, my friend. You know, like the compression and how well it helps, you know, keep the muscles warm during that. He said you had a cat suit. (laughs) He had a cat suit on. I I didn't know if it was Brian Scalabrini or Halle Berry. I don't know what the hell's going on here. I was trying to keep the, the muscles warm. Yeah, I understand that it didn't. I didn't see you elevating. I saw you try to dunk in the in the in the warm ups. You almost broke your neck. Okay, but okay, hold on, Mike. I, I went at your I went at your uh, your button down Beverly Hills shirt, and now you're going at my game like this, man. We gotta celebrate the game, man. Celebrate the game. Talk about the product. Well, well, let me say something. This I, I said this to you. I, I break your chops. I know that it's hard living in the shadow of Michael Rappaport. I I have compassion you for for you for that. But anybody out there in the world that thinks, oh, Scalabrini, because they, they think. Oh, he, he looks just like me. He's just like me. If he can make it to the NBA, I can make it to the NBA. I, I challenge anybody, any civilian over 35 who's never played, <laughs> put your life savings on the line one-on-one. I'm Scalabrini's hype, man. I'm his flavor flave. He will beat anybody out there. Anybody who thinks like, well, if he did it, I could do it. No, you can't do it. Just because he looks goofy doesn't mean he did not play in the NBA for 10 years. Scout, I love you. You're my guy. I, 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 you're, you're, you're a riot. But let me let me, let me me talk serious basketball here. What, what, what's hey, so the temperature? Me, what, go ahead. what were we going to say, Kenyon? Sorry. No, I think um, you, Scout, and Will Ferrell, are y'all sure y'all not related? <laughs> we might be. You got to check the DNA on that one, man. I think I might be real. I got to be real, man. I got to keep it honest, man. I don't really know my real dad, so <laughs> I'm just so keeping it real. Be, we could, don't know. Could be him. <laughs> but, you know, they say we all look alike, Kenyon, and it's a real bad stereotype that I've had to live with my whole life. Now, now, <laughs> now, now, now Scout, what's the temperature of Celtics Nation? Jason Tatum, was he the right pick? Is Paul George coming? Gordon with the good hair, Hay- Hayward. How are the Celtics going to get over the top next season? Because, you know, I, w- I want to see all roads leading to 
the dethronement of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, I know you do. Ever since LeBron skipped your son, you've been all you've been on his butt trying to get him out of here. Uh, so I think here's the deal. I think we have cap space, so we're going to go out to Gordon Hayward. If that happens and we get him, then we have some guys that we could possibly trade and, 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 and sort of roll the dice on a, on a Paul George. Don't count Kevin Love out of the scenario either. Don't count like a little three-way deal where Cleveland gets some uh, Paul George, Indiana gets some of the Celtic assets, and the Celtics end up getting Kevin Love. So I think there's a lot of things on the table, but anything that happens before the, uh, July 1st in the moratorium or before Gordon Hayward signs, then it would give it would give up their cap space. So they want to keep they want to keep that available up until the the, the point in which Gordon Hayward says yes or Gordon Hayward says no, and then Plan B would kick in for the Celtics at that point. Is there a chance that Isaiah Thomas will not be a Boston Celtic next year? No, I don't think so. Um, it was a glorious day here in New York City uh, with the dismissal. They said parting ways. I call it a blatant firing of Phil Jackson. Um, what is your sort of takeaway? You're, you're part of the media. Obviously, you're a Celtics guy, but you have your show on Sirius with Frank the Iceman Isola. All this craziness with the Knicks. I asked Kenyon the same question. If James Dolan called you up and said, Brian Scalabrini, I don't know why I'm talking to you, but I am talking to you. What should I do to fix the culture, the climate, the work environment, and get the Knicks back on track right now? What would you be, what would be your, you, you know, based on everything you know about basketball, everything you know about the players that we have right now, and whatever uh, you may or may not know about French Frank, what would you tell James Dolan to do right now? I would just tell him what Kenyon said, just in my way. <laughs> the dude's too old. He can't be, the triangle's dead. Like, come on, man. This is like, they're kind of a clown show. They need to move on from this. And I'm not like, I'm not down on Phil. Like, Phil was a successful coach, and he, he couldn't get past the fact that, like, that old school style, you know, with the rules changes and the lack, lack of physicality on the ball, it just makes sense to run pick and roll. That's why people do it. If it was different, if, if, if the rules were different and it was, you were allowed to be physical with the ball, then maybe we can have the conversation that it's good to have a big man and it's good to run the triangle. But with the way the rules are right now in call, you're giving yourself a huge disadvantage by doing that. And then I think his mistake last year was really going for it, signing guys to long-term deals and thinking that you were going to make the playoffs. When everyone knew you're, you're, not, you're not that good, you should be building around Porzingis, you know, trying to get bad and, and, and get a couple picks. So, you know, it's just, it's just, he's just sort of uh, outdated in, in today's game. And what do you know? Because no one here in New York City knows about, uh, I'm not going to try to uh, pronounce his last name because I haven't learned it yet. It took me a season and a half to get uh, Perzingis down. Um, but I will say that I am, and it is documented, the first person to go on national TV and say Hernan Gomez. That's aside the point. What do you know about Fra French <laughs> Frank, uh, the, the, the player that we drafted? Well, I, so everything I hear is he's supposed to be a triangle point guard. Oh, God. Basically, like, you bring the ball up, pass to the guard, run to the corner, and knock down a three. You know, maybe post up a little bit. So I, I just hope, like, you know, I don't want any player to fail. But a lot of times, a lot of times when you draft a guy, and that's the Phil Jackson, Jackson regime, next thing you know, they're going to try to make this kid, like, you're not going to give him the chance that he deserves. So I, which I don't know if he's good or if he's not good. It's just a tough situation for him to be in, getting drafted, and two days later, Phil Jackson being fired. All right, we're on the phone with Brian Scalabrini. They call him the White Mamba. I'm going to let you go, Scout. What is your uh, game plan, your scouting report for this week's games down in Charlotte for the Big Three? And I really want to see you more active on the bench. You, you're a big part of the uh, the Big Three. You're a big part of your team. And I think as great as Rick Barry uh, is, and everything is knowledgeable as he is, I think that you have to be the sort of more vocal leader on the bench, uh, uh, and you know, be the leader of that team. Um, you know, so what is your scouting report? Who are you guys playing? Where's your head at for week two of the big three? So the biggest thing for us is I, I, I try to get guys that like the, the game is a lot quicker with that 14 second shot clock, and I try to get guys. I was thinking like we're not going to beat these guys one on one. There's no shot like. I still, by the way, think that Trilogy is the best team. You got if Kenyon, Kenyon you got Al Harrington, and I thought Rashad McCants was the best guy to trap. So I thought you guys were the best team. I, I'm surprised you didn't get the love you guys deserve at the beginning from Vegas. But um, I think the biggest thing for us is just like we got to play more team ball. We got to make shots, and we got to do that consistently. 
I think we'll be all right. I think it's a long term. It's just trying to kind of figure out this thing. I, I think I learned a lot that first week. If we try to go one on one, it's going to be tough for us. But there's going to be times where you're going to have to go one on one. It's, just, it's just the nature of the game. So maybe I made a mistake by not taking you know a big man to dump the ball inside. But we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. Kenyon. Yeah, no, nah, Sky, no, nah, 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 he's right, man. It's all about what I'm saying. It will change. Um, no, nah, but they just got to move the ball, man. And appreciate the love team trilogy, man. What I'm saying we got a good nah, squad. Everybody going to be competitive, man. I like you. All you guys can switch everything. You guys knock down shots, man. But it's going to be competitive, man. So, now, yeah, I agree. Good luck this week, man, and I'll see you in Charlotte. Listen, Scout, listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying this will help your team, okay? Josh Childress has been known – to have, you know, he had the afro. I think that the extra hair, he looked like he was, I know he was playing in Europe and maybe there was no barber over there, but my personal (laughs) suggestion, and I love Josh, and I'm going to tell him to his face this weekend, just get a shape up or a trim or go back to the fro, because right now it was very Chia Pettish, and I think it weighed him down a little bit. That being said, I cannot wait to see you down in Charlotte. Uh, I would love for you to possibly take me out for for a good meal down there, um, and and I can't wait to see you do your thing. And I, I and I'm really insisting that you be more vocal with your team because you have a strong voice and and it needs to be heard. Um, and, and your team, I think one thing I'll say from the sidelines is that your team deserves and needs a little bit of leadership. Um, the White Mamba, thank you for joining the two man weave. It's now going back to officially a two man weave, and, and I'll see you in Charlotte, Scal. All right, guys. I'll see you guys in Charlotte. All right, Veal. All right. See you, Kenyon. Yeah. Um, all right. That was the White Mamba. Um, they, he's better known as Brian Scalabrini. Um, that closes the show here, Kenyon. Uh, uh, oh. What can I say? This, this was a raucous, high-energy, high-impact, smash-and-grab episode of the two-man weave. Uh, sort of a I Am Rapport Stereo podcast hybrid. Uh, I want to thank Scalabrini for calling in. I want to thank the callers that called in. And, uh, you know, we're going to be back talking NBA, doing our thing. And, Kmart, I will see you down in Charlotte this weekend. Are you going to make it down there for the, for the game, even yeah. though you, you're on the injured yeah. reserve list? Yeah, no, nah, I'll be there. Like I said, I'm a game-time decision, man. I don't know. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm about to go to the cryo chamber now and go get worked on some more, um, get treatment again tomorrow and Friday and Saturday, and we'll see how it feels for Sunday. You know, but I right, um, see activated Janeiro Pargo just in case. But I definitely be there. I got to um, have to do promo and stuff on Fridays. But I'll see you down there, boss. All right, Kenyon. I'll see you soon. Uh, uh, let me know how the cryotherapy is. I'll be doing it uh, for no reason other than the fact that I wake up sore. Uh, it's a two-man <laughs> weave. Uh, and uh, we're, we're done. Having fun. Peace. Yes, sir. You've been listening to Two Men Weave with Michael Rappaport and Kenyon Martin right here on TuneIn. You're listening to the NBA on TuneIn. Listen like you mean it.